Hey, welcome into the Stinky Truth Podcast alongside my partner, Mike Evans. I am Mark Schler. Thank you so much for downloading and listening and uh, subscribing and doing all those things that you do. Uh, Mike, how are you, my friend? You know, I was thinking about the crazy story of Jalen Hurts and the journey. Do you think he it's ever awesome. could have imagined when he was benched for Tua Viola during a nationally televised playoff game mm-hmm. that eventually he would end up as the highest paid quarterback in the NFL? I don't, like, I Can don't. imagine? I don't know. I can't, I mean, I almost can't imagine. Um, and at the same time, having been around him as many times as I've had uh, had a chance to be and, and doing as many Philadelphia games as I've had a chance to do, um, the guy, is a, he's a fascinating dude, right? He's stoic. Like, he doesn't give anything away. He's a stoic dude. Um, the son of a, you know, a coach – um, he's been coached hard his whole life. And I always said one of the most amazing things that I've ever seen, and it's why I love sports. It's why I love competition. It's why I love being part of a team. Is here's a guy that's 25 and 2 in his career, gets benched at halftime of a national semi, semifinals game against Georgia, I believe, right? And he gets benched and. At that point, you realize as this hotshot freshman comes in in Tua, you probably realize that that's it. I'm not ever going to get a chance to win my my job back. And I'll never forget it. Like, I'm watching the game. Tua throws a touchdown. And Jalen Hurts comes screaming down the football field to celebrate that touchdown like he threw it. You know what that takes internally? Because most guys and most people would be moping on the sideline. Or the polite golf clap. Yeah, feeling sorry for themselves. What it takes to celebrate, like, think about this in your life. I mean, in, in any walk of life. Tell me a time where you've celebrated somebody else's success like it was your own. Because it just doesn't happen. Unless it's your kid's. It really doesn't happen outside of sports. And it's one of the things I love. One of the things I loved about playing offensive line, I've never scored a touchdown at any level. But every touchdown we scored, I felt, you know, that there was that 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 excitement for us as a team and the guy who scored it. It, it just it's it's amazing. So now you have to go finish your career elsewhere at Oklahoma. Then you get drafted in your second round khaki pants quarterback to back up a guy who is a First rounder who's going to be the savior of a franchise in Carson Wentz. He ended up taking over that starting job. You have all kinds of all kinds of question marks whether you can play or whether you can't play in year two. You know, can you ever be the guy that can throw yourself back into a game? Can throw yourself into and and last year you lose a Super Bowl in which you were spectacular. Um, and I just the the journey is incredible. And now you're the highest paid quarterback. In the National Football League, how is he, how is he viewed in that that room in that building by his teammates? He's loved because he is like I like I told you he's just I'll tell you a story. So I'm doing a game, and like one of my big deals was trying to get him to smile. In the first year, I never got him to smile. Right, it's just like the guy is stoic. Last year, I I, I get him week one, and we're talking, and I say something that's you know I I can't even remember what I said, but like I saw, and I go, oh, saw your teeth. I just saw your teeth, and you know he starts like laughing, <laughs> and 
we get done with the meeting and the PR guys come to me and go, thank you. Like, thanks for doing that. Like, he, he, we try to get him, but, like, he is so honed in and so focused and so, like, not uptight, but he's very, he's just, like I said, he's just very stoic. And one of the first times I interview him, this goes back uh, two years ago, I guess, not last season, but the season, maybe the 2020 season, I've got San Francisco at Philadelphia. And so I want to know, like, I'm always trying to educate myself uh, about football in general. And I want to know what it is you guys do and how you go about your business, you know. And so I say to him, I said, hey, Jalen, tell me about um, the RPO game. Like, what are your reads? What are you looking at? Just walk me through, because it's foreign to me. Like, we didn't do a lot of that, you know, in my NFL career. So walk me through the RPO game. And he just looks at me, like, just looks at me. And he goes, no. <laughs> no. And I'm like, what? Like, no, no, maybe you don't understand. Maybe. I'm thinking to myself, did I not phrase the question correctly? Right, like, right. did he not Did he not get it? And so I rephrased the question and basically asked him to walk me through what his reads are in the RPO game and, and how he decides when to hand it off or when to throw it and who he's looking at beyond the defensive end but into the linebacking core and all that kind of stuff. Like, So I rephrased the entirety of the question and he just looks at me, just like deadpan. No. And I'm like, like, this is the national television broadcast. You know, I'm just trying to get so I can explain it to the viewers. Like, And he goes, no. And he goes, your cousin's with the coach. I go, what? He goes, your cousin's with that coach. Go, what, what are you talking about? Shanahan. Oh, and I go, I go, yeah. I go. No, we're not. Co- no, I go. You're I more played, like an adopted son, right? I go. I played for his dad, <laughs> and I've known Kyle since he's yeah. 14. Yeah. But like, that's true. But, but he shrewd. was like, like, here's a kid that is quiet, on a, like he just like I said, stoic, quiet. But he had researched me yeah. before he comes into the meeting, right? You were a San Francisco 49er Trojan horse, right? Exactly. <laughs> so he's like, I'm not telling you jack squat. Um, and I just That's awesome. I mean, I really, I just appreciate the kid. He is a, you want to talk about a grinder, hard worker, and and the guys on the team love him. They they really do, man. And um, the coaches, the coaches love him. He just is, he's special and good for them because when you go back, Adam Schefter, um, our buddy Adam, printed up his salary over the next couple of years. So he signs this. This is why the salary cap is such a freaking joke to me. It is such, I mean, it, like, when they don't want to pay you, oh, they cry salary cap. Oh, we can't pay you the salary cap. It's so restrictive. We can't build a team if we pay our quarterback. <laughs> it's horrible. How are we going to sign anybody else? Did you see the numbers on this thing? Like, the first year, this year, he's counting, like, $6 million on the, against the camp. Next year, it's, like, $13 million. Then it goes up to $21 million. And in 2027, it's $31 million, $32 million. How? You just signed that. You just signed a $255 million contract, all this guaranteed money. You're making $51 a year over Aaron Rodgers, $50. And, and how, all of a sudden, is, is it only six and then $13 million? And by the way, during that time, the cap is going to be going up huge mm-hmm. in the NFL. Good news for all NFL fans out there because your team is going to have a lot of money to spend under the cap over these next few years because right. the cap is just going to take off. It does go to show you, though, 
drafting well, identifying the guys that you want, getting them under contract, and then extending. Think about this. In, in 2027, when he's scheduled to make $32 million, you know, or count $32 million against the cap, if he plays and does what they think he's going to do, you know what they'll do? They'll just rip it up and re-sign a new one. Yeah. And limit their you know, limit their cap hit once again. I mean, it just it's amazing what they've been able to do. Howie Roseman has done a phenomenal job of manipulating the cap, building a football team. Um, they've done a great job of not only building an offensive line, but they've got players behind players. Like they they've got a They've got, uh, they've just got such a great system of identifying and then developing their players. And think about this: they they drafted Carson Wentz in the second round and realized after second, the injury, second or second overall, excuse me, and realized over time that's yeah, not the right answer. And we can move on. And you manage your cap well enough, and you do a good enough job drafting everywhere else. And they went and got A.J. Brown from Tennessee because Tennessee couldn't figure out how to get that done. They have just absolutely dominated that part so, of the uh, of football. So when you look at Jalen Hurts, he's now the highest-paid quarterback. But where does he rank among your top quarterbacks in the NFL? Mm. Okay, so yeah, where, where does he fit? Everybody can play along at home. Where would you put Jalen Hurts who uh, goes ahead of him well I mean I think you would obviously you put Mahomes ahead of him um, I think people would put Burrow ahead of him I think people would probably put Herbert ahead of him mm. Aaron Rodgers ahead of him yeah maybe yeah I, I mean I think just as a pure Mahomes Burrow Allen Allen anybody else so you go Herbert well I think that I think teams I think there's still this aspect of can you consistently win? Can you bring our team a victory playing from the pocket? Like being just a pure pocket guy. When when those things get shut down, and I think there's a lot when you look at Philadelphia that would say, okay, when it comes to Jalen Hurts, as phenomenal as he is, we get the best O-line in football. We've got an incredible running game with three different running backs, but our our quarterback run, our regular run, our RPO game, all these things. And, oh, by the way, we've got one of the best, most underrated tight ends in football in Dallas Goddard. We've got one of the best receivers in football in A.J. Brown. We drafted another guy who is an absolute killer in Devontae Smith. We've got, you know, the Quez Watkins who can stretch the field. We've got, like, like their level of talent across the board on that entire offense is it's incredible it really is and so I think that I think that you you start to look at those things and and you know you start to kind of parse and say well yeah he's he's done an incredible job but look at what he's got around him and all that kind of stuff so not top five quarterback I probably just outside yeah I mean he's he's Top ten, no question. Yeah. And I, I think there's a lot of people that would put him in the top five, and I'm okay with that. I, I just am saying I think that most – see, I I would – I look at him and, and and you said Josh Allen. I'd put him ahead of Josh Allen. So, because Bill's, Bill's Mafia is not going to like this. Well, but, but they run – they essentially run – like people don't look at Josh Allen like a running quarterback. You watch. I guarantee you, if you put him up there, you put the stats up. He's got as many, if not close to Jalen Hurts. Like he's over seven hundred fifty yards rushing. 
I bet they're. I bet you they're pretty damn close as far as yards rushing are concerned. So, um, you know, I mean, it's again, it's six and one half dozen of another. He's he's probably right there at the top five. This contract for Jalen Hurts was it mean for Lamar Jackson? Because you're looking at all that matters ultimately. Don't I don't want to hear about the two hundred fifty million dollar contract for Jalen Hurts. It's all about the guaranteed money, and the guaranteed money for Hurts is about one seventy one seventy five. Uh huh. Still not Deshaun Watson guaranteed money. Right. So is this good news or bad news for Lamar Jackson and what he wants? Well, I would say that um, Lamar Jackson ain't getting the Deshaun Watson contract. It's just not going to happen. And so then you've got to start looking at that guaranteed money that the market has been kind of set with Kyler Murray last year, Russell Wilson, now Jalen Hurts, and, you know, whoever else signed a deal, uh, uh, um, Daniel Jones. And you've got to start looking at that and saying, okay, what's, like, what is equitable for me? And, like, I can, I can, I understand MVP and all that stuff, and but the bottom line is you've won one playoff game, and, the last two years, you've missed five games each year. Sorry, you know what that's called? It's called leverage. And you know, I get people on, I get people on social media. Oh, we're going to get to that. Hold on to that. Okay. Hold on to that thought because right. I do want to get there because this is right. juicy. But is is Lamar Jackson more in the 140, $150 million dollar category? The Kyler Murrays, the mm-hmm. the Russell Wilsons, or is his benchmark now Jalen Hurts up in that one seventy, one seventy five range? I think based on injuries, it's in the area of Russell Wilson and in the it's in that area. Okay. And you know, ultimately, like this is an extension for Jalen Hurts, but ultimately look at Jalen Hurts and, and, and you think, all right, well, like what is it what does it all mean? Um for for Lamar Jackson, I mean, you're just gonna have to you're just gonna have to understand that Jalen Hurts is gonna renegotiate this contract if he plays like you think he's gonna play. Very much like when we talked about this when Mahomes signed the ten year five hundred million dollar deal. There's no way he's seeing the end of that. Right. That's gonna be something that's consistently renegotiated time and time again. And so I, I think for I, I think for Lamar, you gotta get a contract and then you gotta outperform that contract and Resign another one and another one. And that's what they're saying is we don't think that you can do that based upon your injury history and based upon the style with which you play unless you change that style. And one thing I'll say about Jalen Hurts, even though he still runs the ball a lot and they still have a lot of that quarterback design run, that dude as a passer grew exponentially last year. Now they got a lot of weapons around him, um, but you know they've got a lot of weapons. that They've built their team that way. So you, and this isn't inadvertent because Mark doesn't do anything inadvertently. So Ben Roethlisberger got involved in a big debate with some comments he made with Lamar Jackson fans. He wasn't complimentary of Lamar at all. And you decided to inject yourself into this as well. Sure. So now it's you and Ben hearing it from Lamar fans. Want to bring everybody up to date on this? Okay, so Ben essentially told the truth. Hey, with Lamar, you're bringing an extra safety down, maybe two safeties down, and you know you're worried about not him picking you apart from the pocket. You're worried about his legs and, and his ability to run and do all those things. That's what teams try to shut down. That's the way they look at Lamar. 
And, of course, all Lamar, uh, Lamar Jackson apologists go crazy over this, all crazy on Ben. And, you know, and then I get these analytics nerds that throw out the, the well, you know, Lamar has a, uh, a better quarterback rating from the pocket than Ben Roethlisberger. Which to me again is it's like me saying, it's like me saying, and this is what I said. I made a little video, and it's like me saying that, hey, you know, Shaquille O'Neal average or Shaquille O'Neal, his career field goal percentage was fifty-eight point whatever percent. Kobe Bryant's was forty-four percent. Therefore, Shaquille O'Neal's a better shooter than Kobe Bryant. Yeah. I mean, that's how you use that statistic. It's so stupid. And then I get a bunch of the the apologists that come out and go, that's not it. They don't play the same position. Well, neither do Ben and, and if you want to be technical, neither do Ben and Lamar Jackson. Yeah, they both play quarterback, but one of them is throwing against, you know, eight, nine-man boxes with free access to the outside one-on-one at all times. One is throwing against six- and seven-man boxes where they're dropping everybody into coverage. They're complete. It's completely different offense, and so to sit there and intimate um, that Lamar is the thrower that Ben is, you don't know jack shit about football. You don't know anything if that's what you think. I mean, it's it's insane. So then I get all these all these people coming after me that about well they've never they've never given him any weapons. No, you say it all the time. Does the quarterback? Make the weapons, or do the weapons make the quarterback? They didn't give him any weapons. Uh, Hayden Hurst was a first-round tight end that they drafted for him. Uh, Marquise Brown was a first-round wide receiver. Uh, Bateman was a first-round wide receiver. Boykins was a third-round wide receiver. That Remember, this is all uh, – Dobbins was a second-round running back. This is all since 2018 when they drafted Lamar. But, oh, they've never given him a weapon. That, oh, my goodness, he's never gotten anything. Oh, poor, oh, woe is me. Lamar has never been taken care of. Oh, what are we going to do about Lamar? It's like Nancy Kerrigan. Why? Why? He's never been taken care of. It's such bullshit. And then on top of it, on uh, on top of it, they're going, well, you know, um, like, why do no teams, why, it's collusion. It's obviously collusion. You're against, uh, you know, you're against Lamar. And uh, really, like, one thing you have to understand is the way the Baltimore Ravens built this football team. There are these things called Y tight ends and things <laughs> called H tight ends. H's are the guys who, you know, that it's what college football produces today. Is, is the guy that goes in motion, the guy that spreads out outside the numbers or in the slot, right, and is running routes and doing all that stuff. The Ys, the old typical, you know, my day, they, they line up on analyzed scrimmage and, and beat people to a pulp, right? And now you get all the time, quit using tight ends to block defensive ends, you know, that, that whole thing. Well, the way that the Baltimore Ravens constructed their football team is they're constantly in two tights, two backs, their fullback is six foot three, three hundred thirteen pound transition. Like he transitioned from defensive line. That transition's a bad word nowadays. Uh, but he transitioned from D line to fullback. Like he's one of one in the NFL. They, they don't make him that way anymore. And so, all oftentimes you don't even play with wide receiver. You play with one wide receiver, maybe two. So the the whole thing is, if I take Lamar on as another football team. My roster isn't built that way. 
my roster doesn't have multiple blocking tight ends on it and a fullback and, and multiple. Like, it's not built that way. So teams look at it and go, well, are we going to give up two first-rounders and sign him to the deal he wants and then go out and try to reconstruct our football team? And then the last thing I'll say, and maybe I should say more, but the last thing I say is, you know, then what are you going to do with your offensive coordinator? Because the offensive coordinator – operates, you know, out of three wides or spread offense, and that's not what Lamar has played in, you know, and so now do you fire your offensive coordinator and go get Greg Roman because Greg Roman implemented an offense? And by the way, I get this all the time too. Well, he had a play in Greg Roman's offense. Well, maybe, just maybe, oh gosh, now this is going to be controversial. Do you think they hired Greg Roman because he could implement an offense that Lamar could run to take advantage of uh, Lamar's skill set? How good was Colin Kaepernick after Greg Roman left San Francisco? He wasn't. So I, I feel like there's... It just pisses me I off. I feel like there's a deeper-rooted issue here because you, you certainly come across as a Lamar Jackson hater. I love Lamar. I think Lamar is a phenomenal athlete. I think he's a phenomenal but, young man. But there, there's, there's something deeper here about, I think, the way that you look at quarterbacks and the way that quarterbacks are hyped up that bothers you. What, okay. what what bother what bothers me because your your criticism of Lamar the quarterback not the athlete not the leader but as the quarterback it 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 it, it speaks to something else what is it okay it's no it doesn't speak to anything else it speaks to the ignorance that people have toward football the ignorance that you can just you, you're just like saying okay this is what this guy has done his whole career right but now he like oh i'm going to i'm going to make him i'm going to make him something that he hasn't been and listen he may develop into that like i said the kid is smart he's an unbelievable leader he is so much fun to talk to he's a he's a great kid but they put him in an offense that they felt like he could operate that's that's what they did and you know, to, to sit there and bash the Ravens who moved back up in the draft to take him. And then remember, man, this was a this was an offense that was predicated on Joe Flacco. And Joe Flacco gets injured and Lamar comes in. And at the time, it's Marty Mortingwig. And they completely changed the entirety of the offense. And Joe Flacco got criticized because he goes, I, I did a game, 2018. When Joe Flacco got hurt, it was the first time that Joe Flacco was a healthy scratch. He got back after like, you know, eight weeks on IR or whatever, and he was a healthy scratch. They decided to stay with Lamar and the offense they were running in, and people were criticizing Joe for not being a mentor. And Joe's like, how am I going to mentor him? Like, nothing that we do in this offense was anything I ever operated. Right. It's completely different. But I'll give the Ravens a ton of credit that they changed the entirety of what they were doing to fit what Lamar could do. And, and honestly, to fit Lamar's skill set, which is, like, I've never seen a dude on tape. Like, Michael Vick was the last guy I saw do this that made NFL players look like JV players. Mm -hmm. the, guy is, the guy is absolutely incredible. But what I still ultimately hear is that you have, you believe that there's a certain standard when it comes to playing quarterback in this league that no matter – how athletic you are, no matter what you can do with your legs, that there's still something that you have to be able to do when it comes to playing quarterback, especially from the pocket, that you just don't feel, hype aside, that Lamar Jackson possesses. 
I mean, you even talked about Jalen Hurts earlier in this podcast about the idea that even Hurts had to get to yes. a certain level yeah. to match what you believe the standard is still, even though the style of quarterback is changing more and more, there's still a standard yeah. that you hold them to. Well, there is, there is, there's no question that when you get to you, we're talking playoff football and you're getting to all those things, you've got to be able to dissect the defense from the pocket. That's still part of it. And I understand when that, the other team knows right. that that's what you're right. You I, have to do. I understand that the game is changing. And I understand the athletes that are coming out of college right now. Um, it's going to continue to swing more toward college football. I, I get all that. I, I completely understand that. Uh, the the point is is the misinformation from people who played this game and people who analyzed this game and the stat nerds bothers me. It bothers me that all of a sudden that this argument becomes about race because it's not about collusion. It's not about like. To sit there and say, well, it's about race. 70% of this league is black. The highest paid quarterback in this league is black. Mahomes, Russell Wilson, Kyler Murray. It, it's, not about, it's not about that. And it's not about collusion because I guarantee you, if it was Mahomes, if it was Justin Herbert, if it was Joe Burrow, if it was you know whoever, like, and they were in the same exact situation. There'd be 15 teams lined up. And by the way, it's not 32 teams. The Kansas City Chiefs aren't looking for a quarterback. Ball, uh, the, the, the Denver Broncos aren't looking for a quarterback. Uh, uh, Arizona's not looking for a quarterback. Philadelphia ain't looking for a quarterback. We can go. Uh, uh, Buffalo ain't looking for a quarterback. Bill, Cincinnati. Cincinnati yeah, the Jacksonville's yeah. not looking for a quarterback. Yeah. So it's not 32 teams. And then ultimately, the other thing you have to understand is Okay, so we're gonna go. We're gonna go to Lamar. Can he operate with the personnel that we have? We don't know. Is it sustainable? Well, no, it's not because he's missed ten games the last two years. So we don't think it's sustainable. You know, I get this one too. People, people all over me. If you did any research at all, idiot, you would know he got hurt in the pocket twice. Well, let me ask you this: the more you run the more susceptible you are to injury. Well, he doesn't get hit. He doesn't get hit hard. Well, you get four bodies that fall on top of you? Do you think that has something to do with the overall wear and tear on your body? When you're cutting and stabbing and doing this, that, and the other, and spinning out of things, do you think that has a toll on your body over a long period of time? And the answer, of course it does. So I understand that you got, you got hurt twice in the pocket, but the bottom line to me is that that doesn't matter because it's just leverage. You get hurt. I mean, nobody knows more about leverage than I do when it comes to injuries. You're a warrior. Oh, you're tough. Oh, my gosh, the things you do. Oh, I can't believe you came back and played all that. Oh, we can't pay you, right? I mean, you've been hurt too much. <laughs> I know you show up every Sunday, but you can't. Like, yeah. that's, the way it, that's the way it works. So I understand they got hurt in the pocket. But I also understand the style of play that, that he presents – is one of those styles that people don't think is sustainable. And until he proves otherwise, so there's just a lot of different factors that go into Lamar and why I think he'll be a Baltimore Raven ultimately. And I hope, I hope that this contract 
where, you know, Jalen Hurts with his agent negotiated a deal that's the biggest deal in NFL history, but still fits in some parameters that fit the team and that he can go back to them in three years or four years and say, hey, let's do it all again. Let's run it back if he continues to play. But I just, the ignorance and, and the perpetuation of ignorance on on just quarterback play in general irritates me. Well, you and Ben Roeth- Roethlisberger have learned something. You guys are your brothers now because you now have learned. You go after Lamar Jackson, I mean, that's like going after Taylor Swift. Right, the Swifties out there. Yeah, that's bad football. So the Lamar's, the Lamar Jackson fans, they don't, they want to hear, they don't want to hear from Ben Roethlisberger. They don't want to hear from you. No, that's you guys are on their list. Which is fine if you don't want to hear it and you don't want to know the truth. Then that's that. This this is called the Stinking Truth Podcast. If you don't want to know the truth, don't listen. Right? You want to be offended. You want to be hurt. You want to be. You want to. Eh. I get it. Sally's. Why? And an H. Why? You must have been a riot doing YMCA back in the days. <laughs> you must have had that nailed down, huh? Yeah. This kind of this kind of podcast gets you canceled. <laughs> yeah. Truth gets you canceled. Well, All right. For everybody involved, keep spitting it, my yeah. man. Keep spitting it. Everybody involved in the Stink Truth podcast, man. We appreciate you guys. I hope that I hope that explains it some. And by the way, just on the way out, not that anybody will hear this. I love the kid. I think he's. I think Lamar is phenomenal. Bottom just line. business. It's just yeah. business. Yeah, exactly. For Mike, I am Mark. We'll talk to you guys next week or earlier, or later on this week. We'll uh, yeah. still tell you this yeah. week. Yeah, another Again. one this week. Yeah. Okay. All right. See ya.